1: Hello, everybody. We're back. We're back from our summer holidays and ready to uh, take on the technosphere for the rest of the year. So, uh, I am joined by Nick
0: Riley. Hello, Nick. Oh, hi, Simon. Nice to be back after our uh, our little break.
1: Yeah, it was quite pleasant. And yet, um, surprisingly, despite it traditionally being a complete dead zone, um, quite a lot happened while we were on our holidays.
0: (laughs) Uh, just despite us,
1: just despite us, yes, sod's law, there we go <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh so what what has happened really um well, all sorts of things, uh lots of things have happened, so i'm i am obviously I suppose we should kick off with the obvious one, shouldn't we, um. We should kick off with the most obvious one, which is, of course, that Apple have announced their very much expected September the 10th event at Apple Park.
0: Yay! Yay!
1: <laughs> no, Like, we couldn't guess that one very much. Jolly really good. Very good. Um, and they've sent yeah, out... We'll find, inv- find out what... Yes, we will. We will indeed, Nick. You're right. We'll find out what In they it. have to say. Um, and this one is called By Innovation Only. Oh, a bit of a dangerous handle, mm. I think. <laughs> you, you're yeah. asking to get picked on there, aren't you?
0: <laughs> you are. You are. Yes. Well, hopefully it will be innovative. Well, uh, we hope so. And um, Yeah, that's an interesting title.
1: And, uh, of course, everybody's gone wild over the fact that it's got uh, a coloured
0: apple. On
1: the invitation, oh, yes,
0: a little bit. Yeah, I haven't actually. I suppose I ought to click on the link and have a look at it. <laughs> um, no, I haven't actually looked at it, but it, yes, I believe it's similar to the old. Apple. It is, oh, yes, very uh, similar to the old but okay. except apparently the
1: orange is missing. I haven't, it's only, uh, I think it's only got five colors, not six.
0: There's no, oh, one. interesting. Um, mm. and it, and it looks a little bit like the old Apple logo, yes. Um, has the has the logo always looked like that? Maybe I'm just <laughs> maybe I'm just being an, an observant. Um, um, has the Apple always had a chunk out at the side of it? Oh yes, oh yes, yeah, always had the point e- out even of it. on the laptops and things. Do you know? Do you know? It shows how observant I am because I've never really <laughs> noticed. it. I mean, no, I have seen it before, but I, I hadn't really noticed whether it was exactly the same on everything. So, ah. oh Thank- yes, it's got some pictures below. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, um. Yes, it's it's green, blue, yellow, a sort of deep red, and then a kind of purpley mauve colour. No orange, um, interestingly. Of course, a uh, lot of speculation that that indicates possible colours for the uh, new iPhones.
0: Oh, it could be
1: um, because the uh, the ten R came in the selection of colours, didn't it? Um,
0: it did. In fact, um, uh, literally a couple of days ago, I, I decided that. Um, Second-hand values of um, 10R's were now within my price range. <laughs> oh right! So, uh, so I now have a 10R. And what yeah, do you... a nice red, nice red one. A nice red one. And what do you, what do you make of it? Uh, I like it very much. Of course, I've never experienced Face ID before. So, well, no, um, nor,
1: nor that, had I before. That's quite I, a yeah. revelation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> coming from a seven, seven plus. Um, so it's a little bit smaller than the 7 Plus physically, but the screen's bigger. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's, uh, it's, so, yeah, I like it very much.
1: It's a, a nice phone.
0: Because and... no doubt, the whatever they do launch will be <laughs> way outside what I'm prepared to pay. So uh,
1: Well, quite possibly.
0: Uh, um, uh, so, yes, I'm quite happy with my new L. Thank you very much.
1: Well, yes, indeed. Nothing wrong with that at all. Um, obviously, everybody's expecting them to bring out three new, uh, three new iPhones. Um, Respectively, uh what is it uh 11 11 pro and whatever the equivalent of the uh 10 r is the sort of in the middle one which is the cheap the cheapest one <laughs> Ch- the cheapest the cheapest one by price but the uh middle one in size interestingly
0: um yeah perhaps they could have baby mommy and daddy or <laughs> <laughs> the iphone baby
1: i mean the um yeah, I've heard a lot of people forecasting uh, that it will be the iPhone 11 will be the replacement for, that, for the R model, and then the Pro moniker will uh, go on to the... Replace player. the S. Yeah, the S models. Um,
0: yeah. Which I makes sense. I, I, I can see where people are coming from, because, I mean, all the laptops and stuff are all Pro and non-Pro, aren't they? So... Yeah, I suppose it's bringing a, them in alignment might make sense.
1: It's a, it would be a slightly strange moniker for a phone. In reality, I don't, I don't know what quite what features would allegedly make it quote unquote Pro. But then again, Apple don't really use Pro to necessarily mean professional in that sense, do they? They just mean
0: no. I don't think they do. They just mean the top end one. Yeah, premium.
1: <laughs> Perhaps they should yes. just call it that. Yes.
0: Premium iPhone premium.
1: Yeah, maybe they should. I found, write them a note iphone gold star <laughs> yeah i i don't know i think the biggest question for me about this event is will they will they do the ipads along with the iPhones, or you know are mm. they going to move the ipads into an october event with possibly the the max it's a
0: yeah, because they they have in the past, haven't they? They've they've had two events around this time of the year.
1: Yeah, I mean, several years they've had basically a September event and then an October event. And then mm. it, it, I'm just wondering, it would be also be interesting to see whether they considered splitting the the um, iPad line into say, what's it? They they have the iPad and iPad Air, is that right? And then the Pros, that how their lineup yes. goes now? I think so. I'm wondering if they might try and position the iPad and the iPad Air as mobile devices, and and kind of align them with the with the phones, and perhaps position the iPad Pros as more in line with the desktops.
0: Yeah, maybe,
1: especially as they're pushing with the you know the iPad OS, a more desktop experience.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
1: It be you know I'll be interested to see how they handle that, but I'm whether or not they bother to do anything other than phones and probably watches. Um, is hard to say
0: because I mean yeah, I mean they've all, they've always kept them quite separate, haven't they? Really, um, the iOS stuff and the and the Mac stuff on the whole. Yes. Um, uh, and they've treated them like two separate lines, in, it, rather than. But you're right. I mean, the iPad is becoming more and more um more and more uh, certainly laptop-powered. Yeah. Um, uh, and with the new OS, that does differentiate it again.
1: It does. Yeah,
0: it'd be interesting. Yeah. It would be interesting to see a nice diagram drawn out, wouldn't it? <laughs> Do where, that, please, Apple. Yeah, where um, <laughs> where mean, it all fits and what their, what their roadmap is. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, there's a
1: lot of talk about a new, bigger um, MacBook, or a bigger screened MacBook, a 16... A lot of rumours flying around about a 16-inch laptop.
0: Oh, yes, I'd heard that,
2: yeah.
1: Um, Whether that would actually be a bigger laptop or whether it would be, um, you know... The two rumours seem to be that there's a 16-inch MacBook and then another kind of sub-rumour is that actually they're going to put a 16-inch screen into what is currently the 15-inch MacBook by reducing... Oh, I see, just reduce the bezels, yeah, because I mean, if you look at your Macbook, you know there's a good half inch bezel, I should think, all the way round um, mm-hmm. that would be a very apple thing to do, of course yes, um, indeed, to retain the main you know machine parts and simply get a a bigger screen in the same format um i I would think that would be quite popular actually because you, you get the benefits of a bigger screen area without. <laughs> Without the effort of, um, you know, making a bigger laptop, but um, I'm I'm pretty oh. I'm pretty sure we won't see. You know, there's a lot of people, I think, hoping that that's going to get announced, but I can't really see that coming in the September event.
0: No, maybe not. It depends on how much stuff they've actually got to get out, doesn't it, in one sitting?
1: Yeah, but I'm. They normally seem to keep September pretty much for the phones, and now the watch to some extent. So.
0: I was interested to hear um, Guy and Gus talking about um, about um, the slowdown in in, in phones, per- you know, phone purchases generally um, across the world. Um, um, <laughs> I must admit, it was one of those occasions when I actually was listening to it in the car and shouted at Guy because I didn't agree with him. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> uh, he, he said something like, it, um, "He said there were two reasons they thought they were falling off. One of them was price." Um, and the other one was um, the fact that the innovation isn't as broad now, you know, with these yearly updates, they're not actually having time to sort of do major changes. So they tend to be smaller changes. Um, and, and and those were the two things he came up with. And he said, but he didn't think the money actually sort of made it much, that much difference. <laughs> and, and I shouted at him and said, of course it does. Yeah, of course <laughs>
1: it does. Of course it does. I mean, my my first iPhone set me back 450 quid. Um, exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I, the the thousand pound mark just sort of makes me cringe. Yeah, well. uh, and and still does. But but I you know I thought it was a valid point. They were both valid points, really. That you know we expect a lot, um, and Apple do seem to be still be able to cram an awful lot of um, innovation into into each of their um, announcements. But even so, we're still talking incremental changes. I think to things.
1: You know, if uh, as you know, I, I I listen to the Tech Pinions podcast a lot with Bob O'Donnell and and Tim Bahar and and uh, Carolina yeah. Milanese and whatnot who. Uh... Obviously, uh, Apple isn't their main focus, but obviously Apple are a major tech player, so they, they obviously talk about Apple quite a lot. But, um, you know, their general view kind of aligns very much with what I think, and that is that, you know, this slowdown in smartphones is is, is basically just due to the fact that it's a mature market. Um,
0: yes. You yeah, cannot... Yeah, that's certainly part of it, yeah. You
1: cannot keep having massive um, changes because the technology... Is mature it's and then they said you can look at the same thing if you look back at the pc or the laptop market you know the first few years of laptops you know the second generation of a laptop would increase the battery life by you know a hundred percent and power uh, processing power by a hundred percent and so on
0: after a few years you can't do that no that's right it's the old change curve isn't it you you eventually get to the far end of it and uh Things have slowed down a little. And, and also, um, of course,
1: you know, as things become mainstream, um, who, who's left, I thought, I who's left to sell to? to? Was, who, who, well, yeah. he, who is left yeah. to keep expanding into? I mean, the first few years of the iPhone, you know, the first year or two, I don't think it you know, was a massive seller. It sold, you know, well in ex- uh, excess of people's expectations. I mean, I think a lot of people forget that Apple or Steve Jobs said originally when they launched it, that they would like to have 10% of the smartphone market, which was, you know, a nascent <laughs> yeah. market there and then. Um, yeah, and within true. a few years, the smartphone market was the phone market, and they were holding, certainly originally, you know, 50%, 60 70%. Um, they don't hold that. And,
0: and, and the fact is, yes. I mean, they've, they've, the machines have become so powerful uh, that people don't feel they need to update every time there's a new phone. No, they Just don't. Just for the latest feature because they've got everything that they need in their phone well, already. Yeah. That so and... it's a combination of all those factors, isn't it?
1: And then as the prices have gone up, the same thing. I mean, in order to keep my monthly outlay for my phone the same as it was previously, I changed from a two-year contract to a three-year contract
0: to spread right. to,
1: to you know because to, to spread,
0: spread it yes yeah, because to,
1: it, I, it was like i could have had the the 10r which is what i've got um when my contract was due for renewal and i could have had a, a you know i could have had a two-year contract in fact uh on o2 you they have this sliding thing where you can you can slide your like the length of your contract and the amount of data you want and how much money you want to put down up front to adjust your, right. your thing but um you know, kind of started off at well, you're on a two year contract. This is how much it will cost on a two year contract. It was like, whoa, no, thank you. You know, <laughs> that's putting my monthly that's putting my monthly uh, you know rate up by more than I'm prepared to pay. So I slid it all the way to the far end, and it was like, that's more like it. So yes, uh,
0: sometimes sometimes it's. Um, I know when you're on forums, often talking about financial things, there are always those people who will say, "Oh no, but the but the most cost effective way of doing it is a." But often, A means that you're just paying your lot yeah. <laughs> up front, which you might not have. You know, so um, yeah, a lot I'd of us have to settle, settle for B, which is spread it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, don't, I
1: don't have a thousand odd pounds laying around, you know, to go out and buy an iPhone. Um, no, there we go. that's right.
0: But yeah, it's exciting. It's all—it's always exciting. When always these, exciting. Um, I'll be very interested.
1: I'll be very interested to see. I mean, everybody's still pushing forward this thing of it with a big square on the back. Um, although oh, renders yeah. with the—I mean, and I guess it's highly likely that that is the form factor. Um, I must admit, I'm not keen on the renders where show it with a big black square with the lenses in. Um, no,
0: that's not very pretty.
1: But I have seen other renders where people said, "Well." You know, why would Apple do that? Why would Apple not put um, a coloured glass piece in there? Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe. In the, in that square. And the renders I've seen like that, so that the, the bump is colour matched and then you've got like three lenses within it. Um, personally, I think much look much nicer. But of course, like all these things, we will wait and see what Tim and co actually, um, actually tell us in a week or so's time. Was it? Ten, uh, the 10th, so 10 days, literally 10 days from now.
0: Uh, yeah, what I'm waiting for is, is where, where the the camera is so good that you can hold the phone out in front of you and then you let go and it hovers in the air in front of you and takes photos.
1: Of... <laughs> <laughs> what, isn't it? A go-go gadget spins wing around you. <laughs> <laughs> <Like a Yes. laughs> go-go gadget copter. And like a little drone thing pops out of the top of it to hold it up. <laughs> yeah. Or or a big spring leg. Who knows? Spring leg comes out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the telescopic tripod shoots out of the bottom to hold it up. Yeah. Oh dear. Right. Um. Well, I think we'll move on now. Um. Of course, Indeed. there was been there's been the whole Siri recording quote unquote uh, controversy. Um, where it turned out that you know Apple would hire contractors to listen to. Uh, Siri requests apparently you know anonymized Siri requests uh in order to um like everybody else uh you know kind of see how Siri was performing at uh, you know what people were asking it and uh, how Siri you know how appropriately Siri managed to reply and um also of course they were looking at accidental activations I don't know how many people get ac- accidental activations cuz I scream at my phone hey and it doesn't do anything whatsoever (laughs) looks at me blankly so uh, anyway of course there was a huge kerfuffle I suppose um, because yeah somebody said oh we heard people having sex and doing drug deals and all the rest it's like really I think you might have been exaggerating that slightly I'm sure there aren't many people who shout out, hey, S-lady, in the middle of coitus. I'm really... <laughs> uh, well, unless your partner is the, you know, named. such.
0: Has that name, <laughs> yes.
1: In which case, you know, turn the damn thing off.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, dear. Um, um, I must admit, yeah, this is one of those things that I felt was a big storm in a teacup. Yes, I I did but I, I mean I understand some people would be concerned about privacy and all that sort of thing but I I would just like Siri to get better.
1: Yes. Um <laughs> anyway. It often isn't. It often isn't. That is correct. Um well of course Apple uh, apologized said they were uh putting the, the grading program on hold um that they would you know consider it and they've apologized said that they should have done better um and apparently it will be returning but it will be Opt in and uh, no third party contractors will be involved. And apparently all the third okay, party that's
0: fair enough, I suppose. all the
1: third party contractors they'd hired have all been laid off. So I feel sorry for them really. But there you go. Um yeah. what I what I did here um, I mean you know, they're all doing it. We know they're doing it. If you didn't think that somebody somewhere was listening to at least a percentage of these kind of things to kind of check how well they work, then I think you weren't really thinking about it.
0: Um, well, yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know how you think that AIs, AI isn't clever enough to be human yet. <laughs> no. If, you know. so, which is what you're actually saying, is we want AI to be able to be human enough to be able to work out whether it's answering it correctly or not.
1: Yeah, and if, if you had an AI that was clever enough to grade Siri, stick it in Siri. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> so there we go. Um, what it seems to have got an awful lot less coverage, and I found to be far more shocking, uh, to be honest, was the fact that Microsoft uh, coughed up that they were a ca- a, you know, listening to a percentage of Skype calls, which... Oh, right to me. I have not heard that. Well, well, I didn't get much coverage, but to me that that seems to be I would consider that to be far more shocking. I mean, while you're making a telephone call, over more
0: invasive, isn't it? That's certainly yeah. more invasive
1: because that's people actually having conversations um in the same way and as what... they do across a telephone.
0: So did they give a reason for why Um they were doing I that? I
1: didn't really I didn't really dig into it. It was just like yeah. typical I suspect that they've coughed up to it on the grounds that, oh, you know, uh, Google. Everyone else is. Everybody <laughs> else is coughing while before the... Well, I, I suspect they're all worrying, aren't they, that if they get caught after... If they don't mention it now, when yes, everybody's... Yes, then they'll be really in trouble. They'll really yeah. be in trouble. And if, you know, if legislation comes in to start saying you have to be more open and whatnot, and then they get caught having done it and not said anything, I think they'd be in a lot worse trouble. Um, Indeed. It. it it, yeah I found that far more shocking than finding out that Amazon are listening to Alexa requests or that you know uh, Google examine uh, Google requests and so on
0: um yeah I agree
1: and I think the biggest the biggest thing with Apple of course was really they you know they make a big thing of how they protect your privacy and um they kind of well they apologized and said we you know we shouldn't have done that without being more clear about it so there we go um I, Again, I think it's all a bit of a storm in a teacup. I'm glad that they've all come clean about it. Um, and I think they should just, yeah, they should just be a switch. Yeah, I'm fine. You know, sure, listen to my requests to improve Siri or, you know, no, please don't listen to me because I asked Siri where I can buy illegal drugs or, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, there we are. Uh, and Apple has uh, finally. Decided to let independent shops fix iPhones. This, this oh, was cool. this was big, up yes, this was a big thing. This broke this week um, because after you know there was a bit of uh, a bit of a lash backlash uh, over their thing where they put a message in: if you have a third-party battery installed, by you know, not oh yes, people. yeah. yeah where it brings up a, a message saying, we're unable to tell you the health of your battery. Uh, that's the only thing it does. And you can say, thank you very mm-hmm. much. And then, you know, it doesn't lock you out of your phone. It doesn't do anything. It just disables the um, the battery health status. It still shows you with, you know, battery percentage and all the other things. But um, there was a bit of a backlash against that saying, you know, Apple were trying to protect their own market and so on. Um, Apple have finally budged on letting independent shops fix iPhones. Uh, this is in the Slate and lots of other places. Basically, uh, you no longer have to be an Apple-approved uh, repairer. Um, it, I Apple... think the important, th-
0: the Wait, important that... thing is that they're actually saying that they're going to supply these third parties with Apple Parts. So. Yes,
1: that is it. It's, what it's saying is you can apply uh, now to become an apple independent repairer or something rather than an apple approved service center um right so yes and you will be able to get tools and parts from apple um so that uh, customers can you know you can go into a shop on the high street which will display a you know apple approved repairer uh, sign and know that you're getting genuine apple parts and uh, so on so that's good i think that's good um
0: it is good so, Thanks. yeah, there's a paragraph in here that sort of says it all, really. It says the expansion of Apple's repair program now allows independent electronic shops to have access to replacements, parts, tools, and diagnostic software for iPhone repairs if at least one employee has completed the company's free 40-hour online training course.
1: There you go. Well, that seems fair enough, doesn't seems it? Seems fair enough. Um, You know, get certified, uh, get access to Apple Parts. Um, And there you are. And then, yeah, that will be a layer.
0: Well, in many ways, that should make life easier for quite a lot of these smaller repair places.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: To get stuck in.
1: I I very much think so. And it will make life easier for a lot of people. um, Yeah. Because you will be able to, I'm sure there will still be, you know, honest Joes, don't ask where the parts come from. (laughs) (laughs) Repair shack. (laughs) But at the same time, um, it will be nice to be able to go into, you know, yeah. i I'm sorry
0: I hadn't got a, I hadn't got one of these a12 parts but I put a b12 in instead <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah so um no good uh, to some extent about time Apple have been very strange with the um independent infrastructure for a long time um yeah and they were very anti it for a long time I,
0: I, I don't know what I suppose it's felt a little bit like they're sort of hugging all their stuff close to their chest as it were and it's all ours, don't mess with it, you know. Yeah. I,
1: I kind <laughs> so, of I kind of understand some of it.
0: Um I, I I understand the logic of 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 keeping control of your supply chain, but at the same time
1: I, I think um, they're
0: so big now. They're I, so big and they're so everywhere.
1: Yeah. I, I also suspect that the the growing right to repair movement um may have had a certain amount of influence on that because yeah. you know, if you're going to say to legislators only we should be allowed to, uh, you know, repair our own stuff, then I think you're likely to be finding yourself on the wrong end of a um anti competitive
0: uh, uh, yes, investigation.
1: Yeah, pretty... And so, perhaps by you know, perhaps they're thinking, well, look, if we let reputable people do the training, give them the parts, give them the tools. We can say to people, look, you don't have to come directly to Apple. You can go to a place on the high street. And as long as they've got this approved badge, you will be getting genuine parts and properly app-trained technicians. And then that's, uh you
0: know... Uh, Bart will be pleased to hear that, won't he? Because he hasn't got any Apple jobs. Well, <laughs> no exactly. Boy.
1: Yeah, indeed. Indeed. And actually... um. I can't remember, I might have been on Tech Pinions actually, uh, where they were saying about uh, they were talking about it, and they said, oh, you know, the right to repair people want you to be able to do it yourself, which, you know, I kind of understand up to a point. But as one of them said on there, you know, uh, a guy I know who is very competent was changing the battery um, on a phone and damaged it, and the damn thing went up in flames. Um, You know, these things are not. They're not, uh, and um, I think Carl. Uh, it's a little bit.
0: It's a, it's a little bit like trying uh, saying, um, "I want the right to repair my electric car." And uh, yeah, I know it's high voltage, but
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. <laughs>
0: yeah, but I'm going to do it anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, because um, um, Carl, Carl Madden from the um, Mac and Forth Show. I don't think yeah. it was him. I think he was helping somebody else to change a battery in something. And and they said that yes, they it, the I damn they thing went it. off. He mm-hmm. said on his show about I've never seen anything like it. It just went off like a bloody huge firework, and they yeah. ended up chucking it in a bucket of sand or something. It was um, you know yeah yeah you don't
0: want to, you don't want to mess with lithium ion. <laughs> it's, it's, not, just really, it's nasty stuff when it goes off.
1: Really frightening if you see one go up. So there you go. Uh, so maybe this is a you know somewhere between a sot and a, a middle ground. There we go. Yes. Um, talking of Apple repairs, this this is a new one on me, but um, Apple are saying that if you have a Series 2 or a Series 3 which suffers from a particular type of cracking which runs around the edge of the screen, um, they, they will probably replace it for free.
0: Oh.
1: Um, I've uh, not heard of that at all. No. Well, this is in Digital Trends. Um, and It says Apple have instituted a screen replacement program for aluminium models... Um, of Series 2 and Series 3 to address specific cracking issues. Um, Apparently, in very rare circumstances, uh, well, always, of course, it's always in rare circumstances, a crack may form along the rounded edge of the screen of these affected models. The crack may start on one side and continue around the screen. Um, and uh, they've got a picture a a diagram showing the sort of crack they're talking about and it's literally one that runs around the bevelled edge
0: I wonder whether it's some kind of stress fracture of some sort. I would
1: think that it probably is. Um, So if you have a series 2 or a series 3 which is suffering from a crack which runs not across the screen but round the curved edge uh, or along the curved edge you should be able to uh, ask Apple to sort it out for you at no charge. Jolly good. So, there you
0: go. No charge is always good.
1: Yes. This this story I've got here, it's only a short story, really. Perhaps I should have put it in uh, one of the you know uh, quick flybys. But uh, at Dougie in the Slack Room, which is where it's all been going on while we've been on our holidays, by the way. Yeah. Plenty of stuff.
0: Been... It quite... It's had little bursts of activity, hasn't it? <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's
1: quiet and then somebody says something and it all goes off. But um, Dougie posted one in here. It says, for anyone who does not know, iOS apps and web pages loaded in Safari have a way of expressing a full set of password constraints so that generated passwords are compatible. Um, oh. And then he sent uh, a link here to the uh, Apple developer password rules. Um but apparently that that's so that uh, apps uh, and uh, web pages can convey to uh, the keychain what their password requirements are, so that uh, the keychain will not generate passwords which are rejected. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool, isn't it? Which is why when the keychain d- d- you know generates your password, it always works wherever you set it up. Well, as long as I assume the <laughs> developers have instituted that uh, you know those rules. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh this this one's a, another little one. This is from Forbes, who by the way I really have d- beginning to d- dislike a lot. Everything they write about Apple seems to be incredibly negative. And uh, even if it's about a positive story, they manage to bring some negative angle into it. But um
0: That's a shame. Yeah.
1: Uh a new MacBook Pro leak reveals Apple's solution to the troublesome butterfly keyboard. Uh, and by the way, they have the most clickbaity headlines. They really do. Um, because this story is not really about that at all. It's about uh, a patent for an optical keyboard, where uh, rather than the key uh, movement being registered by springs and uh, a contact, as it is now, um, the movement of the key is measured with uh, a you know, by light interruption.
0: Oh, I so. see. Mm.
1: So that as you press the key down, it breaks the, you know, breaks the light beam and uh, thus it knows that the key has been depressed. Um, there you go. Uh, and the the patent apparently uh, talks about the fact that there is already illumination under the keyboard um, and making use of that to uh, drive this optical sensing. It is, of course, just a patent. So Don't hold your breath.
0: Yeah, it might be. It might end up being nothing. It might end <laughs> up being all.
1: nothing at all. It might. I mean, you know. Let's face it. We've seen patents for um, glass keyboards. We've seen patents for um, plastic keyboards, which are flat but which can swell and uh, contract to give the feeling of actual buttons and all sorts. So, I'm I'm not going to hold my breath on any of that. Um, no. Uh, and then we've got some slightly uh, less good news. Um, Google's Project Zero team uncovers sustained hack on Apple iOS devices. Um, uh-oh. Uh-oh, yeah. Um, Apple did um, have patched this, apparently, uh, but it says Apple users were the subject of a sustained zero-day attack on devices lasting for at least two years. Um, this says that um, the attack took the form of a piece of malware hidden in a seeming, seemingly genuine web page, which quietly installed itself when uh, surfed to on the device. Um, And uh, this is pretty nasty. It says, once installed on a device running iOS 10, this runs iOS 10 to 12, actually, the device becomes a clandestine spying device. Um, It's pretty nasty. Um, It's based on an incredibly complicated chain of exploits, apparently. Um, Also, what I did find when I dug into this... Um, In one of the more negative stories, it was like, um, and these fake websites um, installing this malware had thousands of hits per week. Let me just let that sink in. Thousands of hits per week. That's not a huge attack surface. (laughs) Um, No. It's not great. Um, However, one of the articles I I read on it um, ended up by saying, due to the incredibly complex chain of uh, vulnerabilities that has to be exploited, Um, and the fact that this was placed on um, specific websites and appeared to be targeting a specific uh, demographic, uh, that this was almost certainly a state-sponsored attack.
0: Right. Um, But it's now now patched, as long uh, as you're on 12.4.1.
1: I believe it is patched in 12.4.1. Um, nobody of course seems to be letting out the name of the dubious sites. So but any site that gets thousands of hits per week can't be uh, very mainstream because I'm no. sure most mainstream sites, you know, are talking sometimes millions of hits per day. Um so I don't I it, it's not great. Um there's a, it's not the first it's a, one.
0: Frust- it's a bit frustrating, isn't it, that um this this is what you get when you're one of the largest phone players out there, um, or, or device, uh, iOS device players out there, um, that you're constantly, it is a constant. Uh, and this idea that um, Apple have got caught out, uh, um, it really isn't very helpful, is it? I mean, we all know that there's a whole army of hackers out there who are trying to crack into everything. Um, and And this sort of constant bickering between different companies over who gets hacked and who doesn't get hacked i mean we know that that apple on the whole do their very best to keep us safe i was only admiring um uh my the face ID on my um, iphone xr which i've just bought um and um just wondering really at at, at the sophistication of it recognizing my face and and I know there were all these things about could you fool it with a photo, but you couldn't and all that sort of stuff. Well, I think Apple really tried their very hardest. But the fact is, there's so many people trying to hack the devices that at some point it will get hacked.
1: <laughs> well, you know, no, nothing, you know, no system is perfect, as they say. No. Um, yeah. You know, props uh, props to Google on this, because this is, this is not um, Google taking a pop at Apple. This is their zero day uh, team, uh, Project Zero, they're called um and yes. google have set them up and their their job is to um basically uh they're a kind of white hat hacker group uh supported by google uh and their point is to they you know they do attack anything and everything they can and they search for stuff or other people exploiting any any uh you know be it iOS uh macOS uh chrome anything their job is to Hunt and so you know report. So they weren't really taking a pop here. They had uh, disclosed this information to Apple apparently. You know, some time before they made it public. So um, I'd like to make. Yeah, I, than...
0: uh, I also think it's partly. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. I, I just think that it's just the way it's reported quite often. Is well, this uh, is the thing. This is uh, the thing. Uh, Look at look, look at Apple. Apple are so secure, but actually they're not. Yeah, but, well, you know, it's it's a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's ingenuous, really.
1: uh, Forbes, when they reported this, they had the, you know, the most clickbaity anti-Apple headline you can imagine. It was like, you know, Apple give you, you know, give 1.4 billion iOS users a reason to switch. You know, it's like, really? Oh, dear. Really? You know, (laughs) Forbes? Oh you know. Um, I mean, we've got one here. This is, this was BGR. I mean, their headline for the same, basically the same story is: Researchers detail the most dangerous piece of iOS malware we've ever seen. Um, and then go on to say that actually, it, you know, <laughs> yes, it's dangerous, but it's barely been exploited. Um, here we go. In fact, it might have been them. Yes, it's it's actually BGR who, at the end of their article, say. The websites in question were seemingly operational for two years um, and had thousands of hits per week. Um, And also, apparently, they they described the um, target. Um, Google did not name who was targeted, although they implied it focused on people of a certain ethnic group.
0: Right. Um, (coughs) right. Many
1: security researchers are confident this is a state actor behind the malware. Um, So, yeah. And the other one... uh, was Project Zero revealed a wild iOS exploit which would allow a malicious actor to take over targeted device with no interaction. Uh, Apple uh, patched the exploit and there was no indication that it was used in the wild. So, you know, um, there we go. I think the the truth is, you know, nothing is secure. Nothing is 100% secure and you just have to
0: um, be as careful as you you can. Yeah, you you make your choice based upon who you know works hardest at it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> or at least that's the way i look at it anyway
1: yeah that, that's it um and actually uh skipping off a bit um another one which had some incredibly uh click hi- uh headlines was uh this was earlier in the month a new attack exploiting a serious bluetooth weakness can intercept sensitive data um, and this is the knob
0: attack um oh i guess i'd heard about this yeah
1: yeah guy and gaz discussed it um it it works by a man in the middle intercepting the Bluetooth handshake between devices and forcing them to use a one-byte encryption key, which can then be forced. Um, now, that's not great, but uh, even the guys who uh, demonstrated that you could do it said... The window of opportunity is tiny. You have to be close enough, i.e. within Bluetooth range, and you have to target the target at exactly the time that they are pairing their Bluetooth device. Um, so in real-world situations, yeah, unless you are James Bond um, att- attempting to intercept <laughs> the head of Spectre, um, the rest of us are probably pretty safe. Um, Again, you know, this is a serious flaw in the way that it works and it can be exploited if you are close enough and clever enough and all the rest. But as for an actual in-the-wild problem that most of us need to worry about, no, it's not. And yet there were, you know, headlines along the lines of Bluetooth totally insecure and, oh, grief, you know, the sky was going
0: <laughs> to It works everywhere, though, doesn't it? It's a little bit like um, these the... um auto unlocking cars like my leaf, you know, mm. as long as I've got the, the key in my pocket, it will open the car. Um, and how insecure they, they are. Well, they are, in, they are, yes, they are. You can get devices that can pick up that signal and duplicate it. And, uh, but the fact is, if you're, um, <laughs> if there's someone suspicious hanging around your car, <laughs> you've yeah. probably got more to worry about. Well, we we often get to this point where we're talking, where we say, you know, if they're sitting in your house, you've got more to worry about. <laughs> you has got bigger problems, um... <laughs> you know. And yes. and I'm yeah. I'm
1: pretty sure, you know, if you have the sort of car which, um, you know, has those kind of features, um, it tends to be one like mine, which it has is now keyless. Yes. Yeah. So I have no ignition key. The key fob goes in a slot in the dash. And without that key, the car will go nowhere. So actually, if somebody wants to steal my car, they're far more likely to hit me on the head and steal my car key. Because, you know, (laughs) robbers like the path of least resistance. Why go to some long, complicated, difficult way to break into my car only to find that they can't actually drive it away?
0: Uh, And it's easier just to steal your keys.
1: (laughs) It'd be a lot easier to hit me on the head and take my car keys, you know, or just threaten me and say... Give us your car keys, Governor, or we'll mess you up. It's like, well, take the car then. Yeah. <laughs> Have it. You know. You're welcome. <laughs> Off you go. Uh, so there we go. Um, so yes, that that was reported this month. Um like all such things, I'm sure the Bluetooth Alliance will do something about it in time. Um, but as I say, even those who reported it said in, in real-world situations it's not something you should be worrying about. Um and then Then uh, this is an oddity, of course. This is another Apple one. The iOS 13.1 beta uh, broke (laughs) broke cover. Um, This this is something Apple have never done before. Um, If you're you know, if you're like me um, and you know use the betas since public betas were available. um, How it normally works is you join the beta program, you get public beta one, two, which is usually you know dev beta 2 and so on um yeah and then at the end you, you will get um you'll get the you know the official release and your phone will say the official release is now available and it updates and then um you know then a day or so later you'll get a thing you know uh, 13.1 beta is available to install um so i've never and apple have never done this a, a beta for you know 13.1 uh or whatever, point 0.1, has never broken cover before the point 0.0 has gone live to the public, to the mainstream. Um, lot of, uh, you know, speculation about why. Some people saying that they've moved some features out of 13.0 because they don't think they'll be ready in time. Um, a more interesting one uh, is, uh, I've linked here from Medium, which is uh, the theory that the beta split is down to Trump's threatened tariffs. Um. And their theory is that uh, they've basically shoved 13.0 uh, you know, as it was last issued as a beta, onto a load of iPhones um, and put them on a ship out of China so that they can, you know, beat the tariff. Uh, whether that's true or not, we will have to see. Um, interesting theory, though. Interesting theory. Um,
0: I don't, I don't quite understand what. Um, why would they not just call it 13.0?
1: Well, no, What this, the theory in this relies on if you take the beta as it stands at, I don't know, whatever it was, beta 6, and you call that 13.0 and you stick it on a load of phones and you start shipping them out of China to get them yeah. to the States in order to beat the tariff, then you move the beta onto 13.1%. And then by the time the phones uh, arrive in shops, they have 13.0 on it. But pretty much the day you open the box, it will say an update to 13.1 is available. That is the logic of this theory, that they're doing it to get phones out of the factory because they have to have some software on them. Um, So normally we wouldn't, you know,
0: I don't know. Uh, I still don't. I still don't understand. (laughs) All right, well, it It just seems... It just seems completely arbitrary to me. They just put some numbers on it. What does it matter? <laughs> well,
1: yeah, I know. But it, it, it's, yeah, and it, to some extent, yes. But if you read the article, the guy's reasoning, it, it makes a little bit more. It's a bit clearer. I'm probably not making yeah. a great job of it. And as he says, it's just a theory. And he towards the end of his article, he says, if this happens, I'm right. If that happens, I'm completely way off base. So... Oh, yeah, right, fair he's enough. Not a, he's, not, he's not trying to, he just, you know, he doesn't claim to have any inside knowledge. He's just saying, oh, well, this is what I think is going on and this is why I think it's going on and what, what it means. And then he says, all right. So it wasn't,
0: just... wasn't just someone got the number wrong?
1: No, no, no. It's definitely 13.1. <laughs> but, yeah, um, well, if, if they did, Apple had gone with it and not, the, you know, shh, don't tell anyone.
0: Don't tell <laughs> anyone it
1: was a mistake. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but that was very interesting. So I am on 13.1. Um. Before 13.0 has even gone gold master, which is a very unusual.
0: Well, how strange. Product.
1: It was very, very mm. strange. Um, From my point of view, it didn't make any difference. I went from one beta to the next. They changed And in that point, yeah, it's just an arbitrary number. Um, <laughs> but there we are. Um, And oh, going back to the, the stories Um, about, you know, we were talking about, obviously, you know, hackers and uh, vulnerabilities and whatnot. Apple have vastly expanded their security bounty program. Uh, with higher payouts uh, dev devices mac support and so on uh, this was on 9 to really 9 to 5 mac uh, lots of other places um <clears throat> basically apple uh, as we know did not have a particularly big uh bounty program you had to be part of their invitation only uh you know bug hunting team um the payouts were not huge um there was no mac uh bounty program at all apparently um Basically, uh, I forget what the thing is. I think they've moved it up to a million dollars for uh, you know a high priority exploit, a real kind of uh, take over a device without uh, user interaction. Yes.
0: Um, yeah. It was originally two hundred thousand dollars.
1: Yeah, and they've made pushed that up to a million, but sensibly, I would say. I mean, that's pocket change to Apple. Um,
2: yeah.
0: If you
1: want, you know, if you want these people to send you the exploit so that you can patch it rather than selling it to dodgy Russian mafia Chinese.
0: Yes. You've got to make Chi- it worth their while, you yeah. know,
1: state <laughs> actors or whatever. You've got to pay them because otherwise, you know, not worth the effort, is it? You've got to be pretty ethical to turn down 2 million from some Chinese spy organization versus 200 from Apple. Um There we are. Um, so higher, progr- uh, higher payouts, uh, Mac support. So there's now a Mac bounty
0: program, um, and certain. <laughs> have you seen the? Have you seen? Sorry, going back to that uh, article. I've just <laughs> I've just read some of the comments at the bottom. Uh, one of them's don't trust Apple. At the end, they'll put you in jail. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes, that was yeah, a very strange. very
0: strange. It was a very strange, <laughs> very like, surreal. Uh,
1: what have you What have you been taking? <laughs> I should lay off the hash pipe yeah um, so there we go and apparently yes they are, they are sending specific um, dev devices to certain um, you know security yeah, researchers good, which are basically pre-jail broken um, iPhones which allow the developers to get at parts of the system normal persons are not allowed to see
0: cannot reach it Indeed. sounds like toothpaste yep. yeah yeah
1: yeah, uh, reaches the parts so other beers cannot reach, or whatever. Oh, it's it is.
0: beers, isn't it? So, I'm not I don't to know. yeah. Well, something, I don't know, it's something or
1: other. Uh, yeah, there <laughs> we are.
0: Um, right,
1: we've only got a couple more little stories and then we'll wrap it up, Nick. Uh, especially as you and I will be appearing again later on Bart's Let's Talk Apple. Um, indeed, which will no doubt actually be out before this because Bart just you know does a quick edit and puts it out, whereas I faff about for ages and do show art and all sorts of other tomfoolery. There we are. <laughs> so I expect these will be out probably tomorrow morning and uh, this show will probably come out Tuesday or Wednesday. There we are.
0: Yeah. Um, you, did, you, did, you did say that you'd uh, tried to av- avoid the same stories. So
1: Yes, I did. Uh, did hopefully, try to...
0: hopefully we'll both be worth listening to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd... Well, uh, you know, obviously, uh, Bart's show takes a, a deep overlook of the month. I've just picked out a few... Um, things that caught my attention. Um, Bart goes into much more depth than he when we're on Bart's show. He digs out some indeed uh, all the notable numbers and uh, you know hiring and firing and all sorts of other things. Um, technology-wise, um, this was a couple of weeks ago. I think Affinity 1.7.2 updates were available. Um, if you're an Affinity user, you've probably installed them all already. Um, with you know. New fixes, new updates, new features, new stuff. They're not uh, sitting on their laurels there.
0: Um, Jolly Good.
1: And uh, Ashley Hewson from Serif, who's been on the show before. I have enticed him to come on on the 15th of September and to talk to us all about, obviously, you know uh, where Affinity is, what's in the new updates, where they're going, and all that sort of thing. So you don't want to miss that one. Oh, that sounds like fun. That will yeah, be interesting. And uh, next week, we've got Mike Bombic um, of Carbon Copy Cloner, who's going to come and talk to us about, um, well, to a large extent, he's going to come and talk about Catalina and the changes in the uh, APFS which is uh, quite interesting actually uh, and no well, that doubt sounds good too yeah and no doubt he will tell us all about um you know the new version of uh, carbon copy cloner and how it will keep you safe even under the new catalina uh, disk regime um which involves yes, back up people back up back up back up well yes he's had to build a complete you know kind of new way of doing um, carbon copy Cloner because um he'll explain it all in much more depth but basically catalina splits your ssd into A readable, a read-only section for your OS, and then a read, uh, you know, a read-write section for all the other stuff, and bridges it by um, firm links, and uh, all very clever. And it appears to you as if it's just one disk. It's a sort of soft RAID tomfoolery. Uh, All very clever. And he's going to explain Mm. that to us uh, next week. Um, What else have we got? Uh, Looking forward to those. Those will both be very, very good. I'm sure. Sarah Brass revealed the world's largest computer chip for AI tasks. Um, you might have seen this one, Nick. Did you see this one? Um,
0: I didn't. No.
1: No. no. Uh, on the BBC, yes, they've. they've <laughs> there's a bloke holding up the chip now, and uh, you're thinking a big chip is maybe you know what three inch square or something. No, this uses the whole wafer. <laughs> oh wow! It's like a foot square. That is one chip. That thing is not you know. Uh, This is the complete opposite of the chiplet trend, um, <laughs> which is to, you know, join a whole load of uh, small micro process together um, on an ultra-fast mesh, um, kind of like build a, you know, in a, in my analogous, you know, thoughts, like making a motherboard. Uh, no, this is the biggest AI chip in the world, and it's, I don't know, that when the BBC finally loads... i might be able to tell you the exact size
0: it's about the size of a a wall tile yep huge
1: (laughs) it's it's based on a a,
0: it uses the whole silicon wafer it's the
1: biggest square they can make out of a whole silicon wafer apparently um it's bigger than a standard ipad right that's about all they're going to tell me is it thank you so i don't know it looks like it's about 12 11 or something like that it's yeah it looks like that it's a big chip there we go um the
0: single chip can drive complex artificial intelligence systems in everything from driverless cars to surveillance software
1: there we go it's eight and a half inches square apparently according to that there we go uh here we go yeah Dozens or dozens of chips are typically manufactured from a silicon wafer, which is cut apart to separate them. The most powerful desktop CPUs have about 30 processor cores. Um, for this one, Cerebus has 400,000 cores.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. All linked to each other yeah. over a high bandwidth connections.
1: Gosh. Uh... It claims the wafer-scale engine will reduce the time it takes to process complex data from months down to minutes. So,
0: is this the start of a serious cybernetics corporation where it'll actually start thinking, giving you what you want before you know you want it?
1: (laughs) No idea. (laughs) Uh, I mean, whether that is really the solution or whether the chiplet, you know, the chiplet uh, idea is the way to go, we shall see. Although this is, you know, this is for very specialised tasks. It, it is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're you – know, this is not something they're saying is going to end up in your desktop. Um, no way. There we go. Uh, I just found that interesting, an interesting uh, thing because, yeah. Oh, that's cool. You know, normally those chips are cut. They're all etched onto a wafer and then the wafer is sawed up into all the little bits. Well, in this one, they've just made the whole wafer into a giant chip. Oh dear. Um, right. Well, I think we'll just finish up then with the just a snippets. Um, the flyboard inventor, who uh, you know, the last time we reported failed to fly across the uh, the channel and ended up getting dunked. Uh, he managed it on the second go, which is uh, was almost inevitable. I'll be honest. Um, yeah. In 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 many ways, I felt very sorry for him because he wanted to do it for the what was the hundred and ninth or hundred tenth anniversary of Louis Blériot flying the Channel, and yes. uh, he failed. Um, and then he did it again. He managed it uh, second attempt, which was ten days later. So there we go. Um,
0: no, good for him.
1: So yeah, I'm sure it's a bit of a disappointment. I did feel sad for him really when he didn't make it the first time. Um, Steve Jobs lookalike photo uh, boots up Apple conspiracy theories Um, I don't know if you've seen this um, I have yeah yeah a picture it is
0: very much like him yeah it's amazing
1: a picture surfaced of a guy who at least in that photograph looks incredibly like steve jobs he's got the steve jobs glasses the steve jobs haircut you've got steve jobs profile it it also helps of course that in that in that um photograph he's holding his hand near his chin almost in the steve jobs iconic um yes you know thinking pose um ah well i don't think it's steve jobs obviously (laughs) we i i I personally don't think it's steve jobs um and some people said it was in egypt um some other people immediately shot back that it wasn't in Egypt. It was in Libya. I don't know how these people know these things. Um, he, yeah, a lot of people were joking that, uh, Steve jobs apparently does not trust an Apple watch because he's not wearing an Apple watch. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of humorous takes on it. Yeah. A lot of humorous takes, uh, fascinating you no know? uh it's quite possible of course that if he was face on to the camera he doesn't look anything like steve but uh in that profile shot and the way it's taken he looked incredibly like steve jobs uh so there we are and that's about it i think there's enough for this week to be honest nick indeed so uh i suppose we'd better wrap it up uh so uh would you like to go first and uh just do your usual bit
0: Yes, you can find me very occasionally on Twitter. Uh, I'm there, Spligosh, S-P-L-I-G-O-S-H. And you can hear me sometime next week on Bart's show with Simon. (laughs) Yes.
1: Yeah, and actually that might be, uh, what's that, three in a row for me, I think, on Bart's show. There we oh go. yes,
0: yes, you were on the last couple yeah. I'm
1: going, yeah, becoming a bit of a regular It's not not <laughs> by design it's just a case of I throw my hat in the ring and either I pick the right times or nobody else is available I think, but there we are um, I am of course on the Twitters as at Serenak and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K um, the show is on at Essential Apple and I should use that more rather than my own personal one, although I don't um, You can find us in the Slack room by following the link in the show notes if you'd like to join. Um, Don't forget that Slacker Mac Jim started a family-friendly Flickr group for uh, people to share photographs. Um, And the link is in the show notes uh, if you would like to get an invitation to that. Um, The site is, of course, EssentialApple.com. And uh, I think that's probably about it. Uh, you know, you can support the show on Patreon. You can support the show uh, via the Pinecast Tips Jar. And uh, you can use our Amazon affiliate link if you wish to buy something which will cost you nothing. But we get a few pennies out of it. Uh, other than that, I think that's probably about it. So um, until next week when I will be back with uh, Mike Bombic uh, and perhaps with Nick too. Uh, see you later goodbye everybody
2: bye bye Nemo's Hardware Store is delighted to be back in action after such a long vacation I was on holiday myself using Google Maps and paper maps to navigate and one thing I learned is the Google Maps is really good but if you've got a paper map and you get lost it will really help I was driving yesterday from near San Francisco up to Sacramento Airport where we were flying home And the Google Map dropped the navigation and we spent 15 minutes driving around irrigation ditches and apricot fields and other weird agricultural stuff in north, central, western California, wherever the heck it was. But I'm glad to have both Google Maps and paper maps. We use charging plugs and charging cables, so I'm really delighted to be able to charge my wife's stuff and my stuff using Apple and third-party plugs and cables. So I always have more of those charging plugs and cables than you think you need because you need to loan one to somebody at some point on the trip or you don't want to deprive yourself of being charged. And also have a battery charger, a USB external storage battery with or without lightning tip that you can use to charge up your devices when you're away from AC or mains power. Make sure the headphones or earbuds, whatever it is you're using, are comfortable. Always make sure they're comfortable, whether they're on-ear, over-ear, in-ear whatever, true wireless, AirPods, whatever. Make sure they are comfortable for different temperatures and different durations of listening. Download a bunch of shows and movies from Netflix, Amazon Prime, wherever you watch your shows and movies. Download them to your devices, especially to your iPad. The iPad is a great portable cinema, portable TV, and then what I use is an HDMI cable and an Apple Lightning to HDMI adapter. To watch them on the TV, wherever I happen to be staying. you would be taking a lot of photographs. Delete the bad pictures immediately. If you have to think about it, get rid of it. The fewer good pictures you have, the happier you'll be days, weeks, months, and years after your trip. And learn how to do a shared photo stream. That's still the best way, and few people know about it. A shared photo stream. Look it up. So you can share your pictures with people who have Apple devices and also create a custom website with captions for your shared photo stream. Get some exercise, walk around, don't just sit in front of your screens or watch your devices charging or discharging or using your CarPlay. I used CarPlay for the first time. It is terrific. I'm gonna start using that a lot. So get some exercise, eat some decent food, not too many sweets. It's very tempting to sit around and eat when you're on vacation. So move those buns and those bones. You'll feel good by eating good and moving around. And finally, my favorite travel accessory of all comes from our friends at Scott E. Vest. The jacket I use, the jacket vest, is called the Tropiformer, T-R-O-P-I-F-O-R-M-E-R, from S-C-O-T-T-E-V-E-S-T, Tropiformer from Scott E. Vest. I know when I check my pickup location on Tuesday that I will have a lot of gear to review for Nemo's hardware store. So keep listening. Keep enjoying what Simon and his guests and co-hosts have to say here on Essential Apple. And keep track of Nemo's hardware store. Back next week.
1: You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. the Nintendo Club podcast, the geekiest show ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Boo Shots and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I forgot. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcasts, and take a listen.
2: Hey, podcast fans, if you like listening to tech podcasts, check out the Three Geeky Ladies Elisa, Suze, and Vicky provide a female perspective on Apple and other tech products. You can find the podcast on iTunes and their website, www.3geekyladies.com, with the number 3 spelled out. Happy listening.